Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Smith. No matter what goal you're working towards, I hope to show you that Chasing Health does not have to be a difficult or scary ordeal. Join me and my guests as we talk about all things related to becoming a best version of yourself, whether that's through nutrition, fitness, mindset, or life topics in general, we've got you covered. All right, let's not waste any more time and dive right into the show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. Got a really special guest with me on the show today, Stephanie Fusnick. Um, her and I met through, again, you know, as I've had many other coaches through the NCI space on this podcast. Uh, we went through NCI, I believe it was that coaching con, I think, when we first met, or was it? I think it... so, yeah. yeah. I think so, yeah. And um, definitely love everything you put out there, charge your content, <laughs> everything. It's great. Um, it just it really, and also just your energy and vibe as well. It's just awesome as well. So had to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Yes. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Of course. Awesome. So before we get dive into our topic today, can you give a introduction of just who you are for those who don't know? <laughs> God, I know. wait, can Everyone's I swear first of question. all? Cause like, that's a thing. Of course. Am I allowed to swear? Okay. Yes. Awesome. Perfect. Okay. Oh yeah. I think I read that in the thing that you sent me. It's like, yes, it's, swear. <laughs> it's so funny. I was like always... to make sure like muff your kids. Um, yeah, so I will give you the shortest cliff notes version that I can. Um, I always loved health, fitness, sports, went to school thinking I was gonna be a phys ed teacher, found out through coaching. I don't have the patience for that shit. Um, got into personal training while I was in university, got my exercise therapy. Then I did my master's, um, worked with like everyone. Chronic disease was like my jam. Then I worked in the health region, working there with chronic disease exercise management programs, um, did my osteo schooling, got my nutrition, um, worked at a personal training gym as a personal training manager, started my own business. Um, so during that whole time, I was still personal training, still like helping people with nutrition, that kind of stuff. So was, nutrition was always kind of on the side. And then I started working with a lot of people that were like quite overweight um, and like really struggling and doing the classic like 1200 calories, not losing weight on appetite suppressants. I think mean, we can all agree that's obviously not going to fix the problem if you've been doing that for years. Um, then started working with perimenopausal women and found out like, holy shit, like this whole metabolism stuff's already complicated. And like this whole thing. And now you toss in like perimenopause and menopause and hormone changes. And like the whole game changes, like it's the whole, it's completely different. So I really dove into like hormone health and like metabolism and all the things and found out there's like a huge population of people that like doctors are like, Oh, that's just normal. Like, this is just how you have to live now. It's fine. And I'm like, well, that's some bullshit. And I'm gonna do something about it. And now here I am. <laughs> awesome. And thank, thankfully, I know, and I know you helped a lot of people through that, which is awesome. And that's yeah. definitely the topic that I want to talk about a lot about today is like perimenopause and menopause. And, you know, and I, I've definitely, you know, talked to a lot of women, you know, about this topic, you know, it's, it's it's definitely a big concern for a lot of people, and it's super frustrating. And I know exactly what you're saying because I've heard the these women say to themselves, like, "Well, it's just part of getting older." You know, my my doctor says this is the way the life goes, and it's just it's almost like just putting these excuses. I mean, I hate to it's call it an excuse. Super dismissive. It is. And it's like, just like I'm coming to you with a problem, and you're being like, "Oh, it's not actually a problem." Like, sorry, but fuck you. Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> exactly. So. <laughs> So let's like, like, let's start just kind of dive right head on into this. Like, you know, the, cause this is what this today's podcast is going to be about. So I guess first, I guess talk a little bit about, and I guess we'll take it from the perspective, like where the doctors are kind of coming from with like, it's just, you know, part of life. 
-hmm. where does that start blending into like, yes, this happens as we age, but then what can we start to do about it? Yeah. So like, obviously estrogen and progesterone, like our hormones are going to fluctuate. Things are going to change. Thyroid's going to take a hit because unfortunately, like that's something that happens in terms of like the way the chromosomes and stuff are. I'm not going to get into the science of it, but like women get thyroid issues 80% more likely than men. Um, that increases through perimenopause and onwards. And it's literally like just the way things are, which is super shitty, but that doesn't mean you can't do things. So like when estrogen and progesterone are dropping our like ability to deal with stress is a lot lower. Like we're far more cortisol sensitive. Um, so things that you were doing before, like your fasting, your low carb, your low calorie, these high intensity boot camps, um, you could handle not sleeping all the time. You would just not eat very much and then you'd be good that shit doesn't work anymore because you lose that hormonal buffer where like your body can tolerate those stressors. So now the threshold's a lot lower. So now you're going to see like an exaggerated response. And when that happens, like cortisol needs somewhere to go. We have four times the receptors in belly fat. And so that's where our body will start to store fat. And it's really hard to get rid of unless you deal with the cortisol response. And then when we have lots of high stress, that's going to cause your estrogen to drop even more, your progesterone to drop even more. It's going to cause thyroid function to decrease. And all those things are really monumental in terms of your metabolism and how your body like functions. And like, yeah, when estrogen and progesterone drop, you are going to see some like symptoms of like fluid retention or hot flashes and things like that. But it's all about trying to find the balance because like what happens when we're stressed out is then we have all these big fluctuations and that's, what's leading to like these hot flashes and stuff like that. So then like, Typically when we see women starting to eat more food and eating more carbohydrates, it's like, oh man, my libido came back. Like, that's amazing. I'm sleeping through the night now. I'm not having hot flashes. I'm not having the night sweats. I can actually think clearly again, like there's actual brain chemistry that changes when estrogen decreases because it affects your entire body. Like, yes, there are symptoms that are going to happen, but just adjusting your lifestyle and nutrition a little bit can help like be that buffer now. Cause like we have to eat in a way that's going to help with those cortisol levels and your stress response to really help with all that symptom management. Um, and yes, you can take HRT and stuff. If that's an option for a lot of people. It's not because of like estrogen dominant cancers and things like that. Um, but the issue is it's like, it's a bandaid because like cortisol is at the top that controls insulin, which is going to control like your estrogen, your progesterone cortisol is also going to, uh, control like pituitary and like your thyroid function. So like, yes, you can try taking all these medications to help with symptoms, but you're not addressing the root cause. As soon as you take those medications out, the problem is still persisting. It's just getting worse and worse and worse. So you need to address the root cause, which typically, honestly, is going to be like your cortisol, like 100%. It is like the thing, the puppeteer master, honestly, is what it is. And so like for those who really don't really know a lot about cortisol, I know it's been like kind of... The term's been dropped, you know, here and there, you know, throughout the podcast in the past, but like, let's kind of dive a little more into that as well. Like, mm -hmm. what is cortisol? Why is it important? Is it just for older people or for younger people? Like, kind of like, does it dive into that a little bit more? And like, how does that impact our life? And how do we control something like that? So this is my favorite topic. <laughs> I fucking <laughs> love cortisol so much. Um, So like cortisol gets like a terrible rap, right? Like, everyone's like, ah, cortisol, cortisol. Like it does serve a purpose. It is a vital hormone. It's produced by your adrenals. Um, and it does have an important role in terms of like helping control blood sugars and regulating your metabolism, regulating inflammation, um, salt and water balance, blood pressure, your memory, all that kind of stuff. So it does serve a purpose. The problem is when it's elevated all the time, because basically it's like released from your adrenals during a time of stress. So what's supposed to happen is like, ah, 
stressful moment, cortisol peaks, and then it comes down and then we're good. So that's why like, for example, it helps with memory. So usually when you have like a traumatic memory or accident or whatever, like you remember the pain, the smells, the people, like you remember everything quite vividly. Mm -hmm. And that's because of cortisol. The issue is we are in such a fucking high stress state in today's society all of the time. <laughs> that again. It is brutal. It's like, okay, you wake up, you drop off your kids, you forgot your lunch, you're working through lunch, your boss is pissing you off, then your husband did something, your dog shit on the floor, you got to pick up your kids and you're trying to figure out what to eat, then you're not sleeping good, you're under eating, you're caffeine dependent, like all these things. It's just like one thing after another after another. And then like, you're like, oh, I need to lose weight. So I'm going to eat less and move more, which is also a stress. Our body doesn't know if it's like, good stress or bad stress. Yep. It's just freaking stress. Our body's going to like moderate the same. So like the issue becomes, it's like, we are literally being chased by a bear every second of the day. Like that's the way I like to is explain it is like, you're being chased by a fucking bear all the time. So when you're being chased by a bear, your body's not thinking about reproduction. It's not telling you that you need to stop and eat. It's not telling you that like you have to go poop. Your body's like, no, we're going to stop digestion. Cause we're running, we're running or fighting the bear. That's what we're doing. So like all these negative things start accumulating. And then finally, when you get that chance to like relax, you're like, holy hell, I'm going to eat the wall. Like you're just starving or you're completely exhausted and crash. And like, then eventually you lead to like adrenal fatigue and your thyroid. Like that's how you end up with like hypothyroidism. A lot of the time, like there's all, all these negative things that happen. So like, if you're not regulating that cortisol response and like basically just learning to chill the fuck out and like, doesn't mean just like go meditate. Cause if someone tells me to do that, I'm going to tell them to go fuck off basically. Right. Cause like, that's not helpful advice, yeah. but it's like eat more carbohydrates, eat enough food, have a bedtime snack to help with like your blood sugars and cortisol at nighttime. So you sleep during the night. Um, like those things are important. So it's not just like, you're never going to eliminate stress from your life completely. That's not realistic. Um, so it's like, we need to find a way to like tell our body, the bear is gone. We're okay. We're fine. And then it allows for your hormone levels to come back up because like your body is just stuck in survival mode. Yeah. And actually you, it's funny. You mentioned a term that I wrote down just because I wanted to get a touch on adrenal fatigue. I feel like that's another like buzzword out there that a lot of people yeah. and, and, like, and I've, and I've heard it all the way from people like, that's not, that's not real. It's not a thing. And I've heard people like, you know, that are harping all about it. Like it's ruining lives basically. Like it's on both ends of the spectrum. Oh, 100%. <laughs> so <laughs> as with anything in the health and nutrition space. Right. Um, yeah, but totally. <laughs> what is your take on adrenal fatigue? Like, what is it? And like, is it a really serious thing we should be worried about? Yeah. Oh, totally. I think it is. Um, so like there's four main stages that like you talk about when you talk about adrenal fatigue. So the first one's the alarm phase, which is like that normal, like, ah, high stress comes back down during that moment. You're like, I'm a fucking boss. I'm dialed. I'm like, good. I'm like, you might feel a little bit slightly stressed, maybe a little bit anxious, slightly overstimulated, but like typically you're good. Then you have stage two that if it like keeps staying high, so this is still like high cortisol, um, this is where you start experiencing things like energy crashes, blood sugar issues. You start waking up at the night a lot, typically a little bit more irritable. So you start getting hangry, um, which is like your body's response to stress. That's normal. And then typically these people are going to start seeing their second wind at nighttime. You're not supposed to get that though. There's a difference between like being an evening person, being able to focus more in the evening, as opposed to like being tired and being like, oh, I am good. Like that is not a good sign. That is, that is bad. Then there's stage three, which is resistance. So now our cortisol levels start to like test low. Um, so this is where you're like, you're fatigued, your blood sugar swings way more. Like you'll find like eating certain things will be like, you'll notice like crashes and stuff a lot quicker. Um, sleep issues will get worse. Digestion is usually not great. Sex drive really starts to dip here. Um, caffeine doesn't seem to do shit for you anymore. So that's another sign. 
Um, and like your thyroid really starts to take a hit here as well. And this is where you typically start to see, start, start to see weight gain. Um, and like recovery from the gym takes a lot longer or like recovery from stress seems to take a long time. So it's like, oh man, like usually I've like, have a stressful day sleep and I can like still manage. And now it's like, oh frick, like I, I feel like I need to sleep for like three days because I can't catch up. And the last one is stage four. That's exhaustion, low cortisol. You're burnt the fuck out. You literally can't deal with stress. Like the light, like the smallest thing will like put you into a tizzy. So like, you know, this is like where you accidentally drop something and you just start crying because you know, like you're just very, you can't handle it anymore. Um, and typically here, you'll also start to see signs of like depression, cravings, a lot more abdominal fat in particular. Um, you might actually start getting dizzy upon standing because of like blood sugar issues um, and like blood pressure issues as well. So like, it's definitely something that needs to be like addressed. And like, because cortisol literally affects everything in our body and can like stop pathways, like it literally tells your pituitary line to stop telling your thyroid to produce thyroid hormone. And it will also stop the conversion of like inactive to active thyroid hormone that's already circulating. So it's like a double whammy thyroid. We know is like basically your light, your body's thermostat. Like it helps control like heart rate and blood pressure, your metabolism. So then that goes to shit like, and then it can lead to autoimmune conditions and stuff. So when people totally dismiss this, um, I, I don't say nice things. I'll just be honest. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and, 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 you know, and we'll definitely, I, I definitely want to get back to menopause here in a second, but I'm kind of like digging a little bit deeper into this rabbit hole as well, because yeah, I feel yeah. like there's another topic that like just kind of came to mind when we were talking about these things. Cause you mentioned like getting that second wind and having trouble sleeping and things like that. So what about like our night shifters or our people who are mm -hmm. like, or the people that say, I just function better at night. And then they, you know, up all night, even if they don't have a night shift job, they just mm -hmm. are living during the night and sleeping during the day. Yeah. So this is where you want to try and like regulate that cortisol curve. Cause like realistically you want to be like higher cortisol in the morning, lower in the evening so you can sleep. Um, so this is where like manipulating things like carbohydrate intake can be super helpful. Monitoring when you're working out can also be helpful or like eating appropriately for that. Um, and then like, just like little routines and stuff to help get cortisol higher in the morning and lower in the evening. And it's going to take time to adjust honestly for shift working super fucking hard because like you're constantly flipping back and forth it's actually terrible for your health let's be honest um i know a lot yeah. of people are like well fuck steph you just ruined my day i'm like sorry i i know i did why well, i got off the night shift <laughs> yeah and it's like it's trying to like figure out the routine that's gonna work best for you and like focusing on recovery is going to be huge like really focusing on your sleep is going to be one of the best things that you can do for yourself um and then trying to regulate your food timing too like it's just it takes time to play around with um having someone support you through that is really important um or like like you know reaching out to the right resources and stuff because it is it is tough it's super tough um I don't know how people do it honestly um like I wouldn't be able to do it. I almost went to nursing at one point in my health and fitness career. And like, I'm so glad I didn't because like, I'm not <laughs> fine when I'm hungry or tired. Like, and I think in nursing, you're hungry and tired all the time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Just that, that, that just describes nursing in a nutshell. Um, <laughs> what about those who, and actually, this is actually, actually, um, one of my assistant coaches clients, um, is, it has a really weird schedule. I don't know exactly what it is, but it, I've seen these like rotating schedules before where yeah. it's like, you're like one or two weeks night shift, then like two weeks day shift, then two weeks night shift. 
Mm-hmm. How does someone like that supposed to like kind of like regulate anything or can, can they like, what, what's the best advice for them? Honestly, I think I like that better than the switching every like couple days. Cause it okay. like it gives your time, your body time to adjust, but like long-term, I don't know what the effects would be on that. I honestly haven't researched it that much, like long-term effects on it, but I would still be like trying to have your, like, you know, your regular food timing, making sure like honestly prepping and stuff will be helpful. But like for two weeks, like you can get into like a pretty good rhythm. It's like just making sure you take the time to transition properly and like recover into like the next shift is what I would say. Um, Cause yeah, I, I would, I personally would do better with that. Like myself than trying to flip every like few days. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't know how you guys do it. Like I know you used to nurse and I'm like, I just, I don't, I don't know how you do it. I really don't. I, <laughs> and like, we need it. We really need it. It's really important. But like, I couldn't do it. I'd be terrible. Uh, I'd be mean. I'd be a mean uh, nurse. <laughs> yeah. And especially just, and just make it, you know, put, put somebody like me in the ER and on night shift and everything else is just a recipe for disaster. It's wonderful. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, just but chaos. I'm just, no. Yeah. No. It, it was, it was interesting. I mean, I definitely, it, it was very hard to try to regulate anything, honestly. Like it's, <laughs> I would try to like, com- like stack days, like all my night shifts together. So I would like end up doing like four nights in a row or three nights mm-hmm. in a row, which again, even that alone, just like three back to back 12 hour shifts basically is miserable. Awesome. Um, but that was like the best way. Cause then that way I could like convert back to day shift after that last day. And then, yeah. you know, go three, four days and then convert back to night shift basically. Um, definitely not an easy thing to do. And, and that's no. definitely when I started working with, um, a coach that was one of the first things he said was like we need to get you off night shift <laughs> like yeah that's honestly not like having helping. consistency makes a huge difference and I mean I know not everybody gets that option um but that shit's hard on the body like it's freaking hard and honestly like you have to be on all the time dealing with people's bullshit too I'm just like man I don't care what anyone says I don't think nurses make nearly enough money or get nearly enough credit for like Amen. <laughs> Can we keep saying that again, please? <laughs> Put that on repeat. Louder. Put that on repeat. That'll be the promotional thing for this for this podcast. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, all right. Well, let's kind of like swing back into the menopause here. So, like, when we mm-hmm. are talking about that, and you know, another thing that I've kind of heard, and I'm, I want to get your perspective on this as well. Like, yes, it does impact you know, our nutrition and our, you know, fitness and activity and our lifestyle and like how we, and how our body functions. However, I have heard some people say that sometimes we can use it as a crutch or as a little bit of an excuse for maybe not taking control of our actions. Mm -hmm. So uh, to what extent is it actually affecting things or how much are we actually just kind of saying like, oh, it's because I'm a menopause and that's an excuse to just let things happen. No. And I think people use crutches all the time, um, to get out of shit or like make themselves feel better. Um, and to be honest, like you are completely responsible for like circumstances and stuff. And I mean, sure. Shitty shit happens. Like it does. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I've been through hell and back this year and like life can throw you down and stuff, but you're, you have so much in your control. So it's like, okay, yeah, I'm in menopause and like, yeah, my body's changing but there's so much within your control. It just takes like the education and wanting the time to like put like the effort into understand and then make those changes because we see women succeed every day. You know, like it's like they had brain fog, not sleeping well, night sweats, no libido, like gaining weight. And it's like, okay, so we got them eating more, getting them to eat the right kind of carbs for the, that are good for them, 
getting them to eat their protein, focusing on a couple little self-care things that don't take that much time, getting the right kind of movement in. And it's like, they're thriving and they feel so good. Like my favorites talking to women and they're like, man, I thought that was normal. And she's like, I cannot believe how shitty what I thought normal was. And now that I experienced like good, she's like, I can't believe I thought that that was what it was supposed to be like. And the issue too, with like people using it as a crutch is like, that's what doctors fucking tell you. Yep. Right. They're like, Oh, this is normal. And it's like, just because it's common doesn't mean it's normal. There's so much that we can do. Mm. Um, and it's like, Oh, here, take this. That's good enough. And it's like, sorry, fuck you, but good enough. Isn't good enough. So that's how I feel very strongly about this stuff. In case you yeah. can't <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love it. I love it. Let's keep it going. I mean, like, and I, I love what you just said there. Common is not normal. Yeah. I, I, I hadn't heard that really like those things like kind of put together before. And I, that's really the clever thing to say, because I think a lot of people, and that goes for a lot of different things in the, you know, the space, literally too. everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like everything that we always say are like, well, it's normal. No, it's not normal. Like it's just, it, we see it a lot because people let it happen a lot or, you know, we don't take control yeah. of that, but it doesn't mean it's well, normal. Um, yeah. Well, and people are like, it's like, I always get so upset when people are like, I'm just, I need to survive menopause. I just need to, to get through this. And I'm like, perimenopause and menopause can last like fucking 10 years, depending on like how much your hormones fluctuate. Like, do you want to just survive for 10 years? That is a huge part of your life. Like, no, we're not, that's not, nope. You're changing those words 1000% if you're working with us. That's not happening. Yeah. You, you mentioned like some like small self-care things people can do. And like, and that was another thing I want to kind of touch on with like the stress. We talked about stress earlier and things like that. And, and, and like you said, unfortunately, so many people are going through a million different stressors out there, whether it's, you know, relationships, family, friends, work, just day-to-day stressors like traffic or, you know, something breaking at the house or, you know, maybe it's financial struggles or, you know, just anything under the rainbow for someone who's going through all the stress and like, just literally feel like they cannot catch a break. What are some of those small things that they could start doing that could help bring some of that stress down? Oh, totally. So there's lots of things that people don't realize are like self-care, but it is self-care. Um, and like, honestly, it's fucking eating, like making sure that you're eating enough. And when you are going through times of high stress, eat your fucking carbs. Like people are like, Oh, I'm stressed out. I'm gaining weight. I'm going to cut my carbs. I'm like, you're just accelerating your weight gain. That's literally what you're doing right now because Carbs are going to help bring those cortisol levels down. It's going to help provide you with energy. It's going to help with your thyroid function. Like if you're already in a stress state and you take those carbs out, like you are just like further accelerating the issues that you're having, um, making sure that you're having meals. Like I know when we're stressed out and going through a hard time, like for example, when I lost my mom, like I was not eating well at all. And if I ate, it was a donut because I fucking love donuts. And that's literally <laughs> what I did. Like it was not good. Um, and then once I like kind of got my shit together, it was like, Hey, that was the first thing that I'd focused on was like making sure I was eating enough. Um, and for me, like the more stressed you are, the more you have to eat. Like, that's just like a natural recurring thing. I wasn't really working out much. Um, I'm five, five, I'm 145 pounds. I eat 2,200 to 2,400 calories a day to maintain. So if you are someone who is like inactive, has had a history of yo-yo dieting is going through a bunch of shit. Um, you're taller than I am heavier than I am. I can guarantee you. If you are eating 1600 calories or less, you are making things infinitely worse. So like making sure you're eating, um, focusing on sleep and people are like, don't tell me to go to bed earlier. That's shitty ass, like 
fucking terrible advice. You know what? It is terrible advice. So like figuring out how to help you get a more better quality of sleep if you are not able to go to sleep for a longer period of time. So having a slow digesting carb paired with a protein before bed, amazing. Helps stabilize blood sugars, helps stabilize your cortisol levels and like will make a world of a difference. That's like one of the very first things you make every client do is like, you're going to start eating a bedtime snack. And people are like, oh, food after 8 p.m. And I'm like, yes, yes, <laughs> there's no magical fairy that turns you into a pumpkin. Like it's totally <laughs> fine. So that's another one. Um, and then like light activity, like literally getting outside in the morning, getting some sunshine in your eyes, going for a light walk. Like don't do crazy activity. Like go like take a break. Like lots of the time women coming into our program after we do our stress assessments and stuff, it's like, you actually need to like not work out for four weeks. Like you just need to stop because it's just too much. Um, another thing that we like to do is I say, chill the fuck out. Um, so mm -hmm. one of the best ways to do this actually is if you're laying on the floor with your feet up on the wall, <clears throat> what that does is it helps bring blood flow back into your gut. You've probably seen me do it at conferences. You started the trend. I've control. seen it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So vitality feet up movement. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah. So if you're laying on the floor with your feet up on the wall, so like your bums as close to the wall as you can, that's going to help bring blood flow back into your gut to a help with digestion, but it also taps into your rest and digest portion of your nervous system. So your parasympathetic nervous system, which is naturally going to bring down cortisol. So honestly, like we're always so go, go, go. If you find you get bloated further on, like as the day goes on, that's stress bloat. Um, so if you do this like once or twice a day for like five to 10 minutes, like just relax and just put your feet up. It will do wonders. And honestly, if you're a very stressed out person, you do this, you will feel the blood come out of your legs. Like that's how I know I've had like a very crazy day where I've been sitting too long or on my feet too long. Like you will feel it come out and you're just like, what is happening? And just like, <laughs> just let it happen, relax. So those things are really good. And then like avoiding stimulants, stimulants after 2 PM, like, you know, just doing little things like that. And then finding just five, 10 minutes to yourself, whether it's like locking yourself in the bathroom and listening to music for like five to 10 minutes while your kids are screaming in the living room or whatever it is, like mm -hmm. just give yourself some space, schedule that shit in. Like, even if it's just five to 10 minutes, it will make a huge difference. And just establishing those boundaries is like a non-negotiable time for yourself. Even if it's like reading one chapter in a book, like whatever it is, just find space to literally just allow your body to relax and bring your heart rate down. Cause we are so fucking rushed all of the time. And honestly, during perimenopause and menopause, we go through so many changes, like not just hormonally, but usually you start becoming empty nesters. Um, like this is where like we start taking care of sick parents. Like there's lots of like identity shifts and like health issues that start to arise. Like it is a very stressful time. And then of course our hormones are dipping down when we need them the most. So it's like being able to take that time for yourself and making sure you're eating enough and eating your fucking carbs. I hope I, this is clear. I'm like a very carb heavy advocate, here. like <laughs> eat your fucking carbs. Um, like it will make a huge, huge difference. And like, you can take, you can take supplements and shit, but like, if you're not addressing that stuff, it's not going to do anything like, yep. Yeah. For, for carbs. You know, I think, I think one of the biggest misconceptions that I hear people, you know, say, I, I I'm addicted to carbs or I, and, and we, we hear, we, when we think of when I, when the majority of populations are at least start to working with me and I'm sure you as well, mm -hmm. we think of carbs as like cake, donuts, yeah. like all these really palatable carbs, like, you know, that also have a lot of sugar and fats and things like that as well. So mm -hmm. when we're looking at, when we say carbs, can you go a little more detail of like, what do you mean by when you say eat more carbs? Like, 
And I know there's, you know, I know like in on our team, we talk about, you know, there's no such thing really as like a good or bad food, but like, it's what more is, nutritious, less nutritious. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So like, can we dive into the, like, like the different types of carbs and like what's important to eat, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of like realm there. Oh man, I fucking love carbs. <laughs> I could also <laughs> talk about this forever. So carbohydrates, like super important because they provide fiber. Um, fiber we need for our microbiome to like stay healthy, like super, super, super important. Like literally without fiber, you would die. Like it's that important. Um, so very, very important to have, but you can have like a multitude of carbohydrates. Like you can have oats, you can have pasta. Yes. I just said pasta. You can have breads, you can have beans, you can have legumes, quinoa, potatoes, white potato. Usually white potato actually gives you a better blood sugar response than a sweet potato. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. Um, rice, buckwheat, fruit, like you can have so many things and like starchy carbs are actually really important. They help keep us full. They actually are slower, like digesting than like fruit, for example. So like fruit will typically give you a higher blood sugar response than like your like breads or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's like how you're pairing things. And when you're having it, like fruit is great to have in the morning. If you're having it with like some protein and stuff, um, it's also a really great thing to have, like before you work out quick digesting gives you the energy that you need when you go to work out, like it's going to be there quickly. So like, like carbs are so important, so important. Like it's a great time to experience like which ones you like, which ones you don't like. Um, and like make time for it. Cause people are like, Oh, I just binge it. I'm like, Hey, like schedule it. Like you're scared to eat pasta. We're going to pass it twice this week, Cindy. And here's what we're going to do. So you're going to sit down. You're going to tell me which day you're going to have your pasta. We're going to sit down. You're going to like, tell me everything after your meal. Who were you with? What was the conversation? What was the sauce on the pasta? Did you enjoy it? How was the texture? Like, I want to know absolutely everything, make time and space to enjoy it. And then you realize, Oh, it was just pasta. Like we're good. It was delicious. It served its purpose. I feel great. Like just make sure you're pairing it with enough protein. Like it's all about just like learning how to pair things, what that looks like. They all serve a purpose. They're all super important. And the more active and more stressed out you are and having thyroid issues, you need those fucking carbs. Like, are they essential? No, technically. And people will like murder you for that. But like you fucking need them. And I will stand by that all goddamn day. Yes. Eat damn carbs. Stop, <laughs> stop depriving yourself of the carbs. We need carbs and they make you make great workouts and just makes everything yeah. so much better. Like enjoy the carbs and have them. Exactly. And like, and you can have those palatable carbs every now and then. Like yeah. I had donuts this week. Fucking amazing. Like someone brought me donuts from like a amazing donut shop that I've never had before. And like, oh my God, they're so good. But you know what I did? I just like sampled a couple, figured out which one was my favorite. Like took a little piece and then like, ate half of the one that I really liked. And it was awesome. Cause I know it's going to be there for the other day or whatever. Like you can enjoy those foods. Just don't eat like an asshole. Like just, you can have them just don't have 18 every day. Like you should be able to have that stuff around and be able to like control yourself around it and like, just enjoy it. And knowing that you can enjoy it gives you so much freedom. Absolutely. Nothing I'm going to touch on, and this is, I've, I've definitely had some older clients come and they're currently, they're currently working with me and, and I'm sure you probably may have as well. Um, do you, but for those who are listening, maybe that are, you know, older and, you know, going through menopause and they're just like, well, what's the point, right? Like I've, I've gone this long. I'm just might as well just continue the way I am and why I put in the effort and all the other things you may probably hear you. You're smiling. Cause I'm sure you've probably heard a lot of these things as well. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> like, you know, and, and I've had Susan Niebergall on the show before, and, you know, I know she like talked about, you know, it's never too late to get started and things like that. But like, what is your take on that? Like, what do you, how do you like help someone realize that like they can do so much in so little time to, and get the rest of their life back? So I always tell the story of my mom. So like, <clears throat> like I never thought I was going to lose a parent this young, like ever. Um, life is fucking short. So why do you want to spend X amount of time being absolutely miserable? Like, would you not rather enjoy your food, feel good, have energy, be able to go to social outings and enjoy it, like spend good quality time with your friends and family. And like, for me, like we're Latin. So like food is a really big deal. Like I remember being a kid and it's like, you would invite everyone and their neighbors and their dogs and like their dogs, cats or whoever, you know, like it was like a big thing. And like all of my favorite memories are like surrounding food. And it's so like, you know, it's just, it's bonding. And like, why, why spend your time being miserable? Like life is freaking short. Like I want to be able to be like on my deathbed and be like, I had a fucking amazing life. I enjoyed all these moments. I had all the great food. Like I was active and like, I want to be able to be at the end of my life and be like as active and independent and have good quality of life as I can. So I don't want to spend the last like 10 years, just like sick and miserable and like in pain, everything hurts. Like, I don't want that. I want to be able to have like, should I have kids for them to be able to look at photos and have me in them? Like, I don't want to be hiding in photos. Like I'm so thankful for all the photos, even if they were unflattering of my mom and I, cause like, that's all you have left. So it's like, why, like, why, why waste it? Why waste it? Like, why not? Honestly, like that's, that's just how I am. Like, no, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I completely agree. And, and I, and I thank you for sharing that. And especially about your mom and, um, and you're exactly right. And I've, you know, I've worked with, I've worked with a couple of clients now that are in their, you know, upper sixties even. And like right now, yeah. like they're just saying like, you know, they're moving more and doing more in their life right now than they have in the past 10 plus years, you know, yeah, get your life back. exactly. There's so much more to gain. And like, even if you feel stuck, like there's so much more you're capable of doing. You just have to take that first step to move forward. Well, it's like, why do you want to be on the sidelines of your own life? Like that's like, watch other people do all the stuff you want to do. Like, fuck that. No I want to be up there. Like I remember, uh, when I went hiking once doing the grouse, grouse grind in, uh, Vancouver. And, um, like, I remember going there with like my partner at the time and there was a woman and she had a, a birthday sash and it said 80th birthday. And she was hiking the same fucking hike that we were doing, which was like, not, not super easy by any means. Mm-hmm. She's got like grandkids with her and I'm like that's my fucking goal 80th yep. birthday I am fucking climbing a mountain 100% that is the goal like I will never forget that I was like that's the bomb ass shit I've ever seen because like yep. my grandpa like at 80 was like not in good health in a wheelchair suffering with some chronic conditions and it's like no I want to fucking live it like I want to live it and like I'm not going to be on the sidelines screw that Yes. A very similar story to that. It's actually kind of funny you mentioned that story because um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it or not, but it's called the Manitou Incline out in Colorado. Okay. Um, yeah. But you know what I'm talking about? So the big, yeah, big, yeah. big, pretty much stairway basically on the side of the mountain. You spend old um, railway. And we, I was hiking up with one of my friends while I was working out there as a travel nurse. And we went there and we hiked it. And it was a really tough hike. I'm not going to lie. That <laughs> thing like kicked my I ass. I believe it. <laughs> kicked my ass. But there was this 
older gentleman and I can't remember his exact age. He was either upper seventies, low eighties, something like that, but he was doing it as well. You know, he had his two track tra- um, trekking poles and he was had this, he had this little small pace going, but he was, I mean, heck he was almost keeping up with us basically, <laughs> but we got to the top, Amazing. we got to the top. And I remember like, you know, everyone that passed by him, you know, everyone was cheering him on the whole time up. And I was, I was up at the top um, with my friend and we were just chilling out before we went back down. And then he got back, he got to the top and the whole entire top, there was probably like 25 of us up there all just let out the loudest screams, cheering for him that he had done this. And it was an amazing experience. And we were all, that's the kind of shit that makes me cry. I'm like teary eyed right now. (laughs) I was like, I want to be like this guy right here. Like that is amazing. Um, and like what yeah. an amazing thing to be a part of like to be able to witness that and yeah, like the great. energy and stuff like that's amazing it was great it was great um one last thing i want to also kind of touch on here is mm-hmm. for someone who let's say you know they are going through perimenopause and menopause and they've gone to the doctor and maybe they've had the same family to family doctor for you know 30 40 years 50 years and they've always been told this is the way it is and they're like and they listen to this and like i'm done with this i'm ready to take action yeah. And I want to get started and I want to talk to someone who n- knows what they're doing mm-hmm. besides you, of course, I think it'd be a great resource. For <laughs> who, who else, like, even if it was like someone they want to actually go see in person, like a local, are there any type of doctors, specialists, mm-hmm. things like that, or people that you would recommend or some type of category of professionals they should go see? Yeah. So actually there is a website in the States. I don't know if we have one in Canada, but I know in the States you guys do. Um, I believe it's called menopause.org. I want to say I could be mistaken, but there is a website that legitimately lists off doctors who are like specialized specifically in like women's health through menopause. I don't think the list is very long. Um, but like you can go talk to them, but honestly, like if you can find like some good coaches and stuff who know what they're doing, um, and you get like blood work and stuff done and then they do a symptom analysis with that. You can get so much information. And like, honestly, sometimes it's not even like big changes. Like it can seem really scary, especially when they tell you to eat more. Cause that's usually what they're going to say, um, <laughs> <Carbs>. <laughs> and to eat your carbs, <laughs> but, uh, and it can be scary, but honestly, like at the same point, like, what do you have? What do you have to lose? Like, is the thought of gaining potentially three to four pounds over the course of like three to six months, but then to be able to get to a point where your body can actually like lose it all and get, get you to your weight goal and you feel good. And you're still eating more than you were before. Like is three to four pounds, not worth it. I think it's worth it. Like usually that's just going to be like more fiber in your bowels, more carbohydrate. That's just like, it's just more fluid most of the time And you're working out. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and also like, you're not going to gain weight that fast. Like you'd be like, Oh my God, the scale jumped up five pounds. I had this happen to me and I actually shared it, um, on my story. I had a fiber, uh, debacle. Um, I made this like white chicken chili, which was like fucking amazing. Love white chicken uh, chili. I didn't pay attention to the fiber intake. I had two servings. I had it for lunch and supper. And then I also had like whole grain toast in the morning. And like, <laughs> I had 45 grams of fiber. Oh and I usually have like 18 to 25. My weight jumped up by five pounds in two days. I felt horrible, obviously didn't poop for like four days. It was awful. And then, so I shared that people are like, oh my God, like what, like what's going on? I'm like, it's the fucking fiber. It's like stuck in my system. Now it's slow digestion. It's pulling water in. It's literally just poop and water. That's all that's happening right now. Yep. So like, I explained that to people, like, what did I do to deal with it? And it was like abdominal massage, 
feet up, drink lots of water, try and walk to help with digestion. Like I didn't change my food habits. We went back to normal, but like pay attention to your fiber. So it's like, you know, you just have to like be aware of like what can happen to ask all the questions that you need to ask a good coach or health professional is going to walk you through like all the potential outcomes and things like that. Um, and like, that's really what we're all here for. Um, I know there's not a ton of people who like specialize in menopause. It's like an up and coming thing for sure, which I'm glad it's finally changing. Mm -hmm. But if you do, I'm pretty sure it's menopause.org. If you go to, you can find, um, a list of doctors for the States anyways. Perfect. Yeah. And then lastly, I always ask my guests towards the end of every episode, if there's like one to two recommendations or things or tips or things you could recommend to somebody who is wanting to get started on their journey, what would that be? And we can even kind of tie this more into like the general, like population, like menopause or things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just fucking start. Um, Honestly, like, especially I find women in particular, we're always waiting for like the right time or there's too much stress or we have our kids and we're constantly putting other people first. And we're just waiting for like the perfect plan, the perfect time that shit doesn't exist. Um, and honestly, having a coach to help you during that process is going to make things so much easier because like, it's easy to stay on track when shit's going great. It's when shit's going sideways and stressful and it's busy. That's when you need a coach most to like help you figure out how to navigate that, how to adjust your nutrition during those stressful times. What are those go-to snacks and meals and quick 10 minute fixes kind of look like um, to set you up for success? Cause then once you conquer that, when things relax, you're like, Oh fuck. Yes. This is easy as fuck. So mm-hmm. like just, just fucking start and eat your carbs. <laughs> I love it. No, I, and I say that, I say the same thing I, about, you know, getting started and, and even when things are going well or when they're hard, you know, but I think it's also good. Like, even if somebody's like going, okay, like find, find some help and get some help for it before you really need the help. It's just like, you know, mm-hmm. when I say like for like therapy and things like that, like you don't want to be trying to find the therapist when you're in the middle of a crisis, you know, yeah, that shit doesn't have- work. Trust me, get that shit before you think you need it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get the, have that relationship with someone. So you don't have to, while you're going through the crisis, explain your life history as well at the same time. Mm-hmm. So because well, then you're not trying to like dig yourself out of a hole. It's like, you're already like fairly level. So then when things start to decrease, like you can pop out of it easier. It's a lot easier to jump out of like a two foot hole than like one that's like 12 feet into the ground. So it's like, be a little bit proactive, get some help beforehand, even if it's just like a little bit or find the right resources or whatever it is. Like it'll help you so much in the long run, especially with perimenopause and menopause. You're like, oh, I have time. I have time. Nah, man, the amount of women going through early, like premature perimenopause, like in their thirties and stuff, like is so high. Like you, I promise you, you're closer than you think. If you don't address like your stressors or cortisol levels beforehand, like it can be a disaster pretty quick and a very stressful time. So like, just get ahead of it now. It'll make your life so much easier. Absolutely. Stephanie, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on today's show. Yes. Thank you for having me. I love this. <laughs> of course. So for those who should reach out to you and definitely <laughs> chat more about this, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah. So my socials on Instagram and TikTok are vitality OET dot Stephanie. Um, and then my Facebook community is metabolism and menopause by vitality secrets for fat loss. So you can find me there. Um, or you can just like honestly, Google me, Stephanie Fusnick and like all this shit will come up. So you're good to go. And guys, I'll put all the links down into the show notes. So definitely go check that out again, Stephanie. Thank you so much. Yes. Thanks for having me. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Shades and Health podcast. 
I greatly appreciate you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you can help me by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps me become more visible to others. Also, share this episode with friends or family and take a screenshot of the episode and upload it to your stories. Be sure to tag me and my guests so we can be sure to say thank you. If you ever have any questions or feedback about something covered on the show, you're always welcome to send me a message. You can find me on Instagram at changing underscore chase. Have a great day, guys. And remember, you matter.